You're listening to The Treatment Room, a safe haven for estheticians and beauty lovers alike to indulge in all things skincare. We've got a lot on the books, from interviews with experts and estheticians to sessions with me one-on-one dedicated to helping you find your glow and reach your professional potential in this ever-changing spa industry. I'm Tess and I'll be your esthetician and host. Feel free to relax, take a deep breath and grab a comforting cup of tea. Welcome to the treatment room. Welcome back to the treatment room, everybody. In today's episode, I am talking with Michelle Esposito, also known as Skincare by Michelle on TikTok. She has over 60,000 followers on the app, and she was actually the first esthetician I noticed when I downloaded TikTok. She has very strong expertise in acne. You can watch her do her extractions on her clients, as well as see all of the tips she has for clear, healthy skin. She has over 20 years of experience in the field with an emphasis in natural skincare. She is a business owner of her own spa, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about her journey into aesthetics, as well as all of her expertise and all of her tips for acne and extractions for professionals. I hope you guys enjoy. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tess Zolly, and I am here with a guest I've actually been following on TikTok for quite a while. Her name is Michelle Esposito, also known as Skincare by Michelle on TikTok. We're so excited. We're going to talk about acne, Michelle's journey into the industry, and all of the things she specializes in, such as extractions, chemical peels, and all of her expertise. So welcome, Michelle. We're so happy to have you. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. (laughs) My first podcast. Is it your first podcast? I actually started my own podcast. Yes. And I started my own, but I'm so lazy that I haven't done it yet. (laughs) Yes. But we'll see if I even do it. I'm a busy girl. So Michelle, how did you get introduced to aesthetics? Where did your journey start? Um, So I am in Texas now, but I was in Vancouver, Canada. That's where I lived. And I always was going to day spas with my mom, and I always liked that environment. And I just loved that whole zen kind of feeling. And so I was in college. I thought I was going to be an actress. I loved doing acting plays, and I still do them. But I just loved it. So I was like, I'm going to go to aesthetic school. So there's a really good school in Vancouver called Blanche McDonald. They do film, makeup. They do everything. And I went to aesthetic school there. And that's how I started. And since then, I started working in Vancouver and um, branched out and specialized basically in facials. That was my passion and started that way. And I absolutely love it. And I love doing acne, extractions, chemical peels. Not so much a fan of waxing, even though we had to do it in school. But basically, that's what I love. And I became really popular or known with from a massage, too, with my facials. Um, so basically, that's how I got started. Um, just going and getting facials myself and then just saying, I love this environment. I love helping people, treating the skin and how it felt on me and what I knew, what I liked, what I didn't like. And so basically, that's how it started. I think that's such a good way to get yes. a feel for the industry. If you're if you're a new esthetician or beginner, go get a bunch of services and see what feels good and what you yes, notice exactly. about And to see if you're going to enjoy it, see what you like. You know, some people love waxing. Some people love facials. I know some people that absolutely don't like to do facials. So it just depends what you're interested in. Um, you don't have to do everything. I think some estheticians... Or people that are, you know, new in the industry think they have to focus on everything and you don't. You don't have to do that. You know, it depends where you work, of course. Um, But I was also a brand ambassador too. So I worked for skincare companies going into Ulta, Sephora's, department stores, helping brands build brands up and sell their products too. So I've kind of dabbled in everything. Um, And that was a lot of fun as well. So I loved doing that too. So you go in, you help 
you know, introduce these new brands to clients. Also, you'd be educating the staff. So, they, you know, getting them interested in this new brand, what they're about, the backstory, all that. Um, so that was a lot of fun as well. So there's not just one thing you can do as an esthetician. Yeah. No, I love that you said that because it's something I'm always trying to stress. I think we, after we graduate school, we get into this mindset thinking, you know, you're only in the treatment room and that's kind of like what an esthetician is, but there's so many things you can do from education to creating your own products to just working with brands. Yeah. Yeah. You can even be a writer for a magazine. You can do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You have to open your mind and then also just listening to other people, other estheticians, asking questions. And then you can, you know, that's how I have a few mentors that I ask lots of questions and it can really help you if you have a good, you know, a few mentors that can really help you along the way too. What would you say is your skincare philosophy that you've developed? I know you've been in the industry for so long and you've had, you've had mentors, you've had a lot of education. If you had to sort of define what your philosophy is with skincare, what would that be? Uh, I think it's keeping it simple. I think it's so overcomplicated right now. There's so much misinformation or information overload, I would say. I, I can tell you from being a brand ambassador working in store with people, even in the treatment room, people are so confused. And I think I try to bring it back to the basics um, to keep it simple and mm-hmm. to not overcomplicate it for people. I find that especially with new clients right now, I'm seeing so much sensitized skin and they come in, they look like they have rosacea, most people, which they don't, Mm -hmm. but people Mm -hmm. are using so many different products on their skin and I will ask them how many products and it's like 10, 12 different things. And sometimes during a facial, you know, you start, you'll ask them at the beginning of the facial what they're using and they'll tell you like maybe three things. And then during the course of the treatment, they maybe add four more things that they're they forgot to tell you. So that's what I'm noticing. So I'm all about keeping it simple Um, and going back to the basics, not using too much. I protecting your moisture barrier. You know, like if you see on my TikTok, I talk a lot about chemical exfoliation, which I absolutely love, but I'm also a big proponent of just keeping your skin hydrated, uh, especially at a young age. You know, um, I think people are using a lot of retinoids, retinoids, retinols, but I really yeah. want to protect people's moisture barrier and just keeping it hydrated. I don't, I don't think there's enough talk about that. Um, so that's that's really what I believe in as an esthetician. Yeah, I totally agree. There's And especially in this whole TikTok world that you're heavily yes. invested in, there's so many, so yes. many products and so many things being promoted. I can see how... It is confusing right. as a consumer to, to understand what's a helpful amount of exfoliation, what's overdoing it, and how can I use things that are of quality so I don't completely strip my barrier. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's hard, you know, and sometimes I don't even know if I'm being helpful, you know, even on social media. So mm-hmm. it can be confusing I think for the consumer because I you know I did one acne post and I had like I still am getting hundreds and hundreds of questions on it because people are so confused and they're asking me I use they're asking me about I'm using adiplene gel I'm using tretinoin I'm using this I'm using CeraVe and nothing's working and I'm 26 nothing's working nothing's working and then I'll Mm -hmm. I'll try to deep dive more and I'll, I'll you know sometimes I even do a lot of free help for people they'll ask me questions and they're using a lot of things that I don't recommend or they're using too many things, you know, they're overusing products and it's because they've, you know, heard it on social media and they're sensitizing their skin. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel for people because it's just too much information and maybe not the right information. And, you know, a lot of influencers are influence people to buy things, but it's from their own personal use. Whereas an esthetician has a lot of, practical knowledge on different skin types, you know? And I think that's why estheticians are so great because we work on different skin types all day long. So we're, you know, and I always tell people, go get a facial, try to find someone in your area that can really help you with your skin. I really believe facials are amazing. You don't have to do it every month if you can't afford it because I know they can be expensive. 
Um, but they really can be beneficial, especially getting extractions and taking out all that congestion that, you know, a mask can't do. Sometimes products can really do it, but it can take time. But I really believe in getting, you know, good extractions can really help the skin. Yes. Yes. I am such a firm believer in that. And even though most of my clients are, are virtual, I always stress, like, if you're dealing with a lot of congestion, you can keep using, you know, whatever yes. spot treatment or exfoliant. But at some point, you might just have to go, like, get it. I mean, the treatment is one thing. When you think about the value you can get from seeing the right person and using that hour and a half or however long it is to have somebody like, even if you were to just, you could only afford to go get one facial, having that time where you can ask somebody to personalize a routine for you and look at your routine as a whole with their expertise, I think that is like hugely valuable as well. Oh, for sure. So they can come in, ask questions, or we can look at their skin. Well, we can ask tons of questions, which we do usually. And um, yeah, you have to go to someone good because I've been to, I've had facials too, where no one's asked me any questions, but they should ask you good questions, you know, allergies, medications, but just looking at someone's skin, usually I can tell if they're dry, dehydrated, there's what's going on. Um, but yeah, asking those questions and setting up a skincare routine. And I'm not talking about 10 step crazy expensive routine. I'm just talking about basics, getting back to the basics, you know, cleansing, moisturizing, protecting. Of course, I love to exfoliate. I don't mean over exfoliate, but I really believe in exfoliation, especially with acne, because we're talking about clogged hair follicles. Um, but yeah, seeing an esthetician or is so, so valuable. I think you touched on something, which is like skincare doesn't have to be crazy expensive and you don't have to be doing a ton. I know you're a big advocate of like using the right products and, and just, yeah, investing in, in quality products. Um, how do you think somebody can, can go about having a successful skincare routine that's not crazy expensive, but still getting the results out of it? can find an esthetician in your area. It's a great value because you can go see them. They can evaluate your skin. You can ask them questions. They can You can give them the information about your skin, what's going on. I mean, I have that too where I do virtual consults uh -huh. with people and they tell me what's going on. And usually I can pinpoint something um, to something they're using. A lot of times it could just mm -hmm. be they're adding something to their routine and I can say, well, that doesn't make sense because you're telling me you're dry, but you're adding such and such product. Um, that's why an esthetician is so valuable because we can just diagnose these little yes. things that maybe they never thought of. Maybe they heard something on, you know, social media and they're like, I'm, I'm going to add this, but it doesn't make sense to their skincare routine. And that happens all the time um, when people are telling me what they're using, but it doesn't match their skin type per se. So um, it's just really valuable if you can you know, touch base with an esthetician, even virtually, which doesn't cost as much as let's say going, you know, getting a facial, right? You could do a virtual consultation with someone like you or I or other people online, which is really very helpful. Um, with influencers, I, you know, just do everything with caution, mm -hmm. you know, don't buy everything you see. I always tell people because it's expensive and not everything's going to work for everybody. Every skin type is different. Every skin type, you know, every skin I touch yes. is very different. Um, so I always tell people, be cautious and don't overspend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's way more efficient to just go, like, shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Like, just go to go to an esthetician, go to an expert like you would with yes. any other, like, if you wanted help with your health, if you wanted, you know, somebody to design your home, you would go to an expert. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's important to distinguish like there are skincare influencers and people who are licensed to actually treat the skin and um, affect change in the skin. So you right. can be really savvy. You can look at all, right, all this info on, yeah. on social media, but I think people have to be really discerning about, about you know, really looking to, to the experts. 
Right, and we're licensed to touch skin. We have to have, we carry insurance to touch skin, okay. and we touch skin every day. We use chemical peels. We use, yeah, so definitely we're experts in our field. That's what we study. Um, beyond our schooling, we get certificates you know, certification, we have practical knowledge, we have hours on touching skin. So yes, we're, we're excellent advisors for skin, 100%. How did you get to the point where you felt like you were um, specializing in certain things? And maybe you can talk about what those things are and how you got expertise in those areas, because I think a lot of young estheticians do want to specialize. Um, how would you advise they can do that? I think you know. Well, for me, I knew right away that I loved doing facials, mm-hmm. like right from the mm-hmm. get-go. Um, I knew I didn't really love waxing, so I just did facials. I just loved facials. So in Canada, though, I can say that I did massage, and I did uh, pedicures and manicures too because I was licensed to do all that. And then when I came to the States, I didn't do the pedicures, manicures, or massage. So then I just specialized in facials and that's what I did all day because um, that's what I love. And then with my own business, that's what I do all day. I, I specialize in green peels, which is like chemical peel, but it's all herbs. Mm-hmm. And then I do chemical peels and facials. I do some waxing, but it's small area. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my passion. That's what I'm good at. And then I do massage, of course, for the, you know, the facial. And I think you have to find what you're passionate in because if you're not, if I was doing waxing, I wouldn't be good at it. I wouldn't. <laughs> if you don't have passion for what you're doing, I don't think you're going to be successful at it. So you have to find what you're successful at. Now, it depends where you're working. You might have to do a bit of everything. Um, and that's great because you're going to learn a lot of different things, different aspects of the business. When you're first starting out, everyone has to do that, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and then if you want to go out on your own, which a lot of estheticians do, and rent a room if you want to do that or have your own business, you know, brick and mortar, that's great too. And then some want to do medical esthetician, which was never really for me because it's more clinical. Mm-hmm. Whereas I like the more Zen spa like mm-hmm. kind of sanctuary. I like that kind of feel. Um, so it just depends. I think you're going to know right away. At least I did. I don't know if you did, but for me, I, I just knew right away that I love facials. I loved how my clients felt yes. right away after, yeah. um, their skin, it was glowing and how they felt when they left and, and they would come back because they wanted that same yeah. feeling. And, you know, they would come back too because their skin was improving. So it wasn't just for the, you know, some of it's self-care too. Because, yeah. you know, we're also there talking to them. Some of it is psychological because uh-huh. uh-huh. we're also there providing, yeah. you know, their self-care. Oh, yeah. Which is the big oh, part yeah. of Oh, yeah. Even if they were just to come in and like close their eyes and walk out for of sure. there, uh, that would be beneficial. But, yeah, no, I, I am sure. the same way. And I've I think that's why I've always felt like we were kind of birds of a feather and very similar. I just, I love the skincare aspect of it. I could not get into waxing. Like I would just wince the whole time and it was just not for me, but I love, I love seeing the process of a facial. I love like touching skin, looking at skin. I love extractions, peels, and like I don't know. It's not instant gratification. It's a, it's a slow process, but I just kind of like watching it unfold and, and seeing how people feel when they get off the table. Oh, me too. And that, you know, well, it depends what, um, it depends what product lines. Like I've worked with some amazing products Uh or brands that I did get instant gratification that I was like, wow, this, you know, your skin is glowing. Of course, you know, with acne, it's definitely a slow and steady wins a race, because there's, you know, no cure, but, um, but yes, I love facials. I love seeing people just how they felt after. Um, and so, yes, I was like you with waxing. I was just like, no, this isn't for me, but I had friends that they, they were great Brazilian waxers and they did that all day and love it. It just wasn't my cup of tea for sure. It, everyone's different. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit about you starting your own business and um, how that all went down. Well, so I've had some interruptions in my aesthetics career, meaning so I was in Canada and then moved to the States and I had a pause because I wasn't able to work here until I got my green card, then got a green card and then moved to Southeast Asia for four years and then came back and then started my own business. 
So, but I did work in Southeast Asia. I worked on the expat community there, which was very cool and learned um, in Asia. It was very cool because I was uh, embedded in the expat community, but also with the Asian community there, which was very cool. Um, and then came back here and wanted to work for myself because there's just nothing like working for yourself. You can create your own menu. I really believe in when someone comes in for a facial, it should be customized to their skin, not just here you're going to have a 24 karat facial. You're going to have a hydrating facial. I believe someone should come in. I should look at your skin and then I should do what's needed for your skin. So that's why it was important for me to have my own business so that I could do what I wanted to do. Um, and I think most estheticians, I think, you know, want to have their own business usually. Um, and it's, so that's why I decided to do that is because I wanted to have control, you know, over my own hours, my own clients, all that good stuff. Yeah. And to use, you know, products that I believed in and all that good stuff. I think every new esthetician, I think, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but <laughs> when I first started out, I was nervous, of course, because when you get out of school, you don't have the practical skills, right? You haven't had as many hours, but you get, you know, you get a job and I was lucky I got a job right away and in Vancouver and I worked at some really good spas there and got, you know, got the skills and had some great employers there. So once you get into it and you get yeah. the flow, it was, it was great. And so, um, but I wouldn't say I had the, uh, I had I few, like, hear. horror stories of waxing, I'd say. Um, there was one time I remember, well, there was one time I was waxing the first, not the first wax, but there was a girl that came in and uh -huh. she didn't tell me she had like uh -huh. an uh, immune condition. So, and she was on some medication. Oh. So I did a first strip and boom, she had like a hematoma right away, like a bruise. But I'm talking like a bad one, and, and she had an immune right. condition, so that freaked me out. And so that's probably why I hated waxing after that. But then my my boss was like, "Yeah, she had this condition, and she never told us." And so, um, yeah, right? stuff like that. But that's how you learn as an you'll never forget right? it. Like, things like that will happen. It that was sticks probably with the worst you. thing that ever happened. No, I never did forget it. Um, but that's why it's always important for people right. to tell their estheticians, right. you know, everything. So we know what's going on, but that's not always going to happen. But then I had some great, um, Vancouver is a really cool city to work in because we had a lot of celebrity clients that came into the spa where I worked at. Um, cause it's a big film. A lot of films are done there. So that was cool. You can always have a client that will be challenging. Right. Um, and sometimes you'll have to like, let a client go, which sometimes we don't talk about, but, um, so yeah, there's always going to be challenges with an esthetician as being an esthetician because it's a service industry, right? But for the most part, you know, people are coming to you for advice, for knowledge, and they want your opinion. I, I think that's another thing. Like, I think, especially in the, in the TikTok world, it's very much like people yeah. love to find the right or the wrong and make it yes. black and white and make one person look bad. Like this is the right thing. I don't know. So mm -hmm. it, it can be a little, a little toxic, but I think yeah. it's just, yeah. you know, having more awareness that there can be different schools of thought and people can be very passionate about their opinion and, and maybe it works for them and their clients. So there's room for different opinions. Yes. Yeah, that's, I agree. I think um, I, I learned from everyone. Like I always say this to other estheticians too. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I got my license in 1999 but I can learn from someone brand new or someone, yeah. you know, who's been doing it right. 30 years. So never stop learning or never learn from anyone, you know, uh, never take yourself too seriously. Um, but even if someone has passion and you don't mm -hmm. agree with them, I still appreciate yeah. their passion, you know, whether I agree with them or not. I know we touched so, on this yeah. a little bit in, in our own conversations, but um, I know you've talked a little bit about like the frustrating side of being an esthetician sometimes, especially in the social media world where sometimes people don't, um, you know, have 
have the best understanding of what we do as a whole and how hard we we work to to give our clients a, re- a result and a reason to come back. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that? Sure. I don't I don't know if people understand uh, what estheticians do all day, <laughs> but um, on especially I guess I'll say especially on TikTok maybe um, I don't think we're respected as much um, because we are, you know, licensed skin therapists. That's what we do all day. We work on people's skin. We touch skin. We put products on skin. We put chemicals on skin, chemical peels. We do a lot of things all day. We touch different skin types. And um, so it's just a bit frustrating when we're not respected or I guess that's how I'll, that's how I'll put it. Um, or overlooked. I think overlooked is the better word. Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know if they understand what we do or if our education, maybe they don't think it's enough, but we have a lot of like hours behind us. Um, but I think we're great. And I try to, I try to follow as many people as possible and prop as many estheticians up as possible. Cause I think we're awesome. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm really grateful. We found each other and... Yeah, to at least like have a sense of community for us because I mean we can have naysayers and people who just don't get it and and you know maybe they should should get a facial and see <laughs> what it can do for somebody because there's a lot of products out there and they may not they may not have an experience with the quality and grade of product that we can work with and so maybe they haven't seen skincare that can truly bring about change? Well, there are a ton. I always try to say this too, which I haven't done a lot of posts, but I have done a few about how many brands right. are out there that they haven't heard of that are amazing, that do wonders for the skin. Um, but the ones that are mostly yeah. talked about on TikTok yeah. are very much over the counter, very inexpensive, um, that really don't do a lot for the skin, you know, don't change the skin. They're very inexpensive. Um, I get why people buy them, but mm-hmm. as a professional esthetician, I, I work with brands that do amazing I, things it's, for the skin. It's interesting so, yeah. that I don't, I don't know if this is the right way to say this, but like, I just see so much on, on TikTok, like these mass produced cheap products produced by big pharma, like being so celebrated and they've become, you know, trendy mm-hmm. It's just like we've never celebrated, I mean, like low quality food or, you know, low quality ingredients in any other aspect of your life. Your skin is an organ. Why? I don't know why the disconnect between um, like praising such poor quality things. I don't know. I know it's almost like uh, if you think about it. It's almost like fast food, right? Mm-hmm. If I go to the gym every day, if I ate fast food every day, I wouldn't be able to go to the gym and be healthy. And it's just, and that's the way I look at it with um, some of the skincare. It's like not great ingredients, not really doing much for your skin, but wanting good results. And, you know, how many DMs I get, Yeah, you know, I'm using this no. and that and it's not working and I'm not surprised, right? Um, and I say, you know, I just want you to spend just a little bit more money and you're going to, you're going to get better results. I promise you. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised. And, and you know, these companies have big, yeah. big, yeah. big budgets for marketing and they can, you know, they can hire people, you know, dermatologists, doctors, influencers to promote these products. And um, I mean, at this so rate, not they're surprising. not even like that cheap things at the drugstore to me I mean the last time I went and looked I was kind of shocked like growing up in the 90s yeah like Neutrogena and things were 
um, were cheap. Now it's like you're still yeah. looking at spending ten to twenty dollars on a product. Yeah. You may you may as well really go the extra mile. And what you're saying about having these conversations with people to just spend a little bit more. I have a few young like young clients that have come from TikTok and whatnot. And there's always the initial conversation, which I do not blame anybody because they they wouldn't know anything else. But it's like, it's a little bit tough pulling people away from this old world of, of, you know, conventional drugstore product. There's like an attachment to it, but it's like, it's not, it's not working. So we have to try something else. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. And usually people will will try something else yeah. because it's not working and they've been using it for quite a while. And I hear it all the time. Um, and it's usually those products that we're talking about that they've been using and I'm not surprised <laughs> that their skin isn't clearing up. I did pull my Instagram audience and asked um, questions that they might have for you. And we got a lot about acne and extractions, which is something you're obviously such a, such a pro at. You can see, see Michelle do her extractions on her TikTok and her Instagram. A lot of them are from like esthetician students, people who like haven't quite mastered it yet, but um, they had a lot of questions for you. So the first one is, are extractions best for non-inflamed acne or is it better to treat with home care? Yeah, no, I, I, I believe it's best to treat non-inflamed. It just depends. So mm-hmm. cystic acne, I believe you shouldn't touch. You're just going to inflame it more. It's under the skin. It's not going to come to a head usually. Um, and if it's congestion under the skin, bumps, comedogenic, I love to treat that. I love to extract that. And you can use product as well as extractions. So I love to use AHAs, BHAs. I always usually do a chemical peel before I do extractions or I use an enzyme. And that works amazingly well to open up the pores to get rid of the dead skin cells, the, you know, the oil, the sebum. And then I can do extractions really, really well. Um, as long as I've been doing this, I don't yeah. do inflamed acne. Like if it's red, 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 a lot of diffuse redness, I'm not going to touch that. I don't want to make it worse. Um, so yeah, I don't really try to, I don't really, if something's red already, I don't want to inflame it even more. And I always tell my clients that don't touch anything that's super red or inflamed. Now I'm not going to tell someone not to pop their pimples Mm -hmm. because I used to have Mm -hmm. acne as a teen. And you know, when you have acne, you're, you're going to touch your skin. It's, it's a given, but I always tell people, you know, wash your hands. If it's a pustule, like it has a white head, then you can touch it. Now, of course, yeah. I always tell people, try not to touch your skin. But, you know, most people do when they have acne. Um, so I'm just being real with people. Um, but make sure you're using, yes. you know, you have to, have, you know, keep your hands yes. clean. Make sure you're using something after, like a spot treatment and antiseptic to keep it clean. Um, to kill that bacteria, which is so important. Yeah, um, yeah, perfectly. I so think I hope that answered this was questions. such a theme with the questions. I think people just wondering, like, how do you know if it's ready? Like, what should I touch or not touch? And I think you were super clear and it makes sense. Well, as an esthetician, like, the, that comes with practice. I'm not going to lie. Like, it took time and years, but you'll know when it's ready and it'll take you know, you're going to touch something, you know, especially as a new esthetician, you're going to sometimes touch something and you're going to try to pick it and or get it out and it's not going to come out and you're going to realize, okay, that was wrong. And it's just going to, over the years, you just know. And now I know, and I know just by touching and feeling and it's just, it's kind of like an art. I don't even know how to describe it, but, um, the red, red inflamed ones, I really try to let them be unless I feel it and I know that there's a head on it and I can get it out. Um, you know, I, that's how I do it. And then the ones that are like under the skin, like the, they're hard, the hard pimples and their congestion, I can get those out usually. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. doing a chemical peel beforehand or an enzyme. 
And those are my favorite to it's do, so to be fun. honest with you. I love getting those out. <laughs> it's my um, getting that congested. I, I truly miss it. And it, it is like yeah, an art. Like, and you just, once it clicks, yeah. I don't know if this was your experience, Michelle, but once it clicks, it kind of just yes. clicks and you get it. You're, you're flowing in your extractions. You're getting things out. You're working around the yes. face. And yeah, blackheads and whiteheads safe to extract anything that has like a red inflamed base as Michelle is saying you're better off leaving it alone and probably explaining to your client like why you're leaving it alone if there are things you're not touching and you can let them know how they can treat that yes at home okay exactly Right. Usually the, you can treat it with AHAs or BHAs. Um, I've had hormonal breakouts even still at this age. I get them sometimes. And, you know, even me being this experienced esthetician, I'm like, okay, I can get this out. And it never comes out. So just don't touch those. And it's usually the hormonal area. Um, sometimes you can have them on your cheeks too, but just don't touch them. It's not worth it. It will go down and it takes usually a few days, sometimes even a week. But I've I tell people not to touch those. And for extractions, I love to use my hands. That was another question too. People wanted to know, do you like manual with your hands or tools? And you're saying you like hands. Well, I like both. So I know a lot of people like to use the, um, there's a lot of things right now. So I like, I do have an extractor, but I love to use my hands because I really can feel the amount of pressure. Now with an extractor, you can push with an extractor, but you don't really can you can't really feel the pressure mm-hmm. so much. So you can cause a bit more damage because you're pushing on the extractor. So for me, I've gotten really good yeah. with my hands. I know exactly how much pressure I'm putting on someone's skin. I can feel it. And so I've perfected it that way with my hands. But there are some areas on the skin, like the mm-hmm. nose, for example, mm-hmm. certain areas I can't get in there with my fingers. So I just love to use my hands. Um, I do have the, you know, the ultrasonic machine. I do use that from time to time, but I prefer to use my hands Okay. 100%. Just I've gotten really yeah, good. Yeah, I think way. everyone has to find, yeah. But every esthetician is different and you're going to. Yeah. Yeah, you have to become what whatever you're comfortable, you're comfortable with. with. And then yeah. product too. Um, yeah, and also product. So you whatever their home care is, that's going to be really good. So if they come to you with a lot of acne or a lot of problem skin, what they do at home is going to be like 60 to 70%, yes. right? What they take yes. home and do and then come back to you, that's really going to be beneficial to, you know, their next appointment. You want them to do really good home care so that when they come back, their extractions are going to be less and less and less. That's really important. What are some um, favorite ingredients you have Maybe it can be specific to a certain like type of acne, but what are some favorites for home care um, in ways that somebody can manage their acne at home? So I, if you see my page, you know I love AHAs and BHAs. Um, I just do. I love AHAs and BHAs. Now, I know retinoids are so popular in retinols. Um, I think they're overused in my opinion, but I love AHAs and BHAs because I feel like they're not as aggressive on the skin and over a longer period of time, they work really well and chemical pills. So if you can get chemical pills along with that, it's amazing and it does an amazing job on acne. So salicylic acid, glycolic acid, lactic acid, just depending on your skin type. Um, Even oils are really great, you know. It just depends. There's so many things. Uh, Enzymes are great, especially if someone has a lot of redness to their skin or rosacea, but they have acne. It just depends. That's why going to an esthetician is great because they know what to put on your skin. Um, You can even use benzoyl peroxide, which I know can be very drying, but a low, low percentage. That's going to kill the bacteria that causes acne. And then for any acne client, they need to be moisturizing their skin so if you're dry with acne, you need to have hydration. And then if you, um, you just need to be moisturizing your skin, anyone with acne, which I know a lot of acne sufferers don't like to do that. They usually like to strip their skin because it gets rid of the acne, but then they cause another problem. You know, their sebaceous glands go into overdrive, producing more oil, and it causes a cyclical cycle, which is crazy, but that's what happens usually. And that's why there's, you know, 
a lot of these acne lines are stripping. You know, they're killing the skin and causing other problems. But yeah, salicylic acid, there's so many things that I love. Well, there's just, yeah. Okay, perfect. I think that's all really helpful to know. And I love that you brought up hydration because, and hydration from water, like everybody needs that in their skin for it to heal and stay more balanced. What should mm-hmm. somebody do if they have attempted an extraction at um, home I would, to care for the If you do that, I would have afterward. a spot treatment. Um, sulfur is a really okay. good spot treatment. If you can find something with sulfur in it, uh, a salicylic acid, something like that, put a spot treatment on it, an AJBHA liquid, um, something like that after you should be putting on your acne or your treatment. Try not to pick something too much. If you're going in and digging deep, to get an infection like that, you have to be being pretty aggressive. I mean, to get an infection is very rare usually. So um, I would just put a spot treatment. That's what I suggest. Anyone get a spot treatment. Mm-hmm. You can use pimple patches. I'm not a huge fan of them, um, but okay. I prefer spot treatments. Something to kill the bacteria or just a lower dose because the higher dose is going to really dry out the small, skin. Small amount, but it's really good at killing the bacteria. Yeah, I I think benzoyl can can have a place as long as it's introduced yes. slowly and just not overdone um, to avoid yes. like and sulfur is a great like oil treatment too. Back. If you can find products that have sulfur, it's really good for acne. Yes, I love sulfur too. I have yes. a, a favorite mask from Glymed that's been helping a lot of my clients. Um, and those, even with inflamed acne, yes. they can spot treat with that to help calm the inflammation. Okay. Um, last question here is, do small and hard pimples, okay, I guess like little white heads maybe like sporadically, um, do small and hard pimples have a common cause as um, opposed they to don't really know like acne. fluctuating hormones, medication, stress, makeup. We don't know genetics, so it depends. I mean, we don't they don't really know exactly yeah. what causes yeah. this. I mean, usually inflamed acne or like the ones around your they we say it's your hormones around there if it's in your chin area. but and then the smaller bumps, Sometimes it could be makeup or it could be sweat. It just depends. We don't know, though. I can't say definitively this is what's causing it. Um, but there's papules, there's pustules, there's nodules. I don't know. I can't I can't yeah. tell someone definitively what's causing their acne. That's the thing. It could be genetics. A lot of it is genetics, too. Like, is it your mother, your father? Did they have acne? Yeah. Um, also diet plays a role in it. A lot of people don't want to talk about that or it's like taboo to talk about diet. But a lot of my clients, I will tell you this, yeah. it happens to me many, many yeah. times where yep. we can be treating your skin and they'll come back and it's not getting resolved. And I say, I want you to go get food allergy tested because nothing, we're doing, we're doing really good skincare. We're doing treatments. And then they come back and they tell me they have food allergies because it comes Everything is internal, right? Your gut health. And so I always tell people, go get food allergy tested Mm. too, because if your skin Mm -hmm. isn't clearing up, it could be something that you're eating that is causing your largest organ, your skin, for it to come through your skin. So I always tell people that as well. If, If it's not clearing up, it could be something related to that as well. Are there certain foods that you notice patterns where people are eating, you know, certain things and you notice trends with breakouts? Um, well, they say iodine, which can be in like milk products. Um, I don't know. There's no definitive. There's not a lot of science behind it, but we know that alcohol, sugar, high glycemic foods, think about it. When we eat unhealthy, if we eat fast food every day, we don't feel good. It's sluggish. So I always think of it that way. And I tell people that like, if you're eating, you know, processed foods every day and you're eating, uh, fast foods every day, 
if you're not feeling good mentally, physically, that's going to come out as well on your skin. It's a given to me. It's 100% given. So I always tell people, yes, antioxidants. If you're eating a lot of foods with antioxidants, it's going to be better for your skin 100%. Um, but I can't definitively say that, but I believe in it 100, you know, wholeheartedly for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're just only like scratching the surface as far as studies and science on on the connection between food and skin because for so long we denied or like the medical industry denied the connection. Um, I know when I don't eat well or if I had too much alcohol the next day, my skin is not as healthy. Um, but I'm not, you know, that's not science. I don't have a medical journal to like, definitely, you know, have this um, scientific approach to that. But I believe in it for sure that if you eat healthy, it's going to benefit your largest organ, which is your skin for sure. Absolutely. What is one, what is one social media tip you, you could pass on? You've obviously been successful, especially on TikTok. Do you have any words of wisdom for an esthetician who is thinking about getting on social media? On TikTok, I don't know. To me, just do what you love and stick to it and don't feel pressure to be something you're not. Mm. Um, I just do what I love. Sometimes I feel, to be honest with you, stressed about it or mm. I get down about it because <laughs> I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. that flopped. Um, right. But honestly, I just keep doing it because I have a passion for it and I have to remember that someone out there is going to enjoy it. And then, you know, I get sometimes I get these messages. Oh, I love your videos. I really like that. Thank you for helping me. And that, that one little message just makes me feel good. So, you know, you just have to do it because you have a passion for it and love it. If it becomes a grind or stressful, mm -hmm. then it's not worth it in my opinion. Um, so I'm not doing it to be like, you know, a big TikTok star. That's for sure. <laughs> that's not my intention. When I started it, it was, I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing like this and that family stuff, this, it didn't really have a niche. And then I was uh -huh. like, okay, I'll just focus on skin because that's my passion. And then, um, you know, that's what I keep doing, but I'm not by any means, I'm not like a guru on TikTok. I just do it because I love it. Well, I think it's, it's so true. I've noticed when, when I first got on the app and I feel like I, I was just, didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have expectations. I was just having fun. Like randomly a video would do super well and pick up. And then it's like when you're looking at it, ironically, as a tool yeah. for your business, which so many people tell you, you know, use it as a tool for your business. But when you're looking at it that way, and I'm like, yeah. will be like, I need to do a TikTok today, or I want to do this number per week. Those just like don't end up yeah. doing well. Something about the energy, I think people can pick up, pick up on when something's like forced versus you're just like putting it out in the universe with, with no expectation. Yes, I totally, <laughs> I totally agree with you. Exactly. Um, I, that's my approach now is just just do it because you want to do it to have fun or because you you want to put out this video because you believe in it but not not yeah. this pressure to do like do a day and do it do it, do it. that's just crazy yeah yeah <laughs> for me yeah. it's crazy yeah I agree yeah and it's it's yeah I'm just trying to to use it when it feels more natural but um yeah, I think a lot of estheticians realize like Instagram, TikTok, all these platforms can be beneficial. But I think truly like what what makes me drawn to accounts like yours is seeing somebody just being themselves in their moment, like you in your treatment room doing your thing. I don't know. To me, that's like very magnetic. Well, I think it can be beneficial for sure, but I don't think it's what really will drive your business and I'll tell you why I think it's going to be word of mouth to get your clients mm -hmm. and yes your TikTok can help you maybe generate some new people like which I've had and stuff but honestly it's going to be word of mouth and your clients that way um yes if you have like an online skincare which you're selling you can sell it that way but honestly I really still think it's old school 
um, calling back yeah. your clients, which is really important, touching base with people, which I don't think people do. That's one of my right. biggest tips for any esthetician out there, whether you've been doing this 20 years or two months, touch base with your clients. It's so important. Say you wax them, did their legs, call them. Did you enjoy that service? Did you use that moisturizer? Because sometimes people get their products and they had don't have, they don't remember what you yes. told them to do with it. So I think touching base with people is so important. It's an old school kind of yes. um, thing, but it's so important. It really is. People want to feel like they're special, which they are. They came to yes. you for a service. They came to you for your knowledge. And just that five-second phone call can make a big difference. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's still word of mouth because I think – sort of in line with what you're saying, the best way I think to generate new clients is just to focus on your, on your existing clients, giving them an exceptional experience because when people have exceptional experiences or they feel like something was truly personalized for them and it's, it's something they're going to do every day now in taking care of their skin, like you're a part of their life. They value you. They remember you. And naturally, I think people, it's word of mouth is the original social media, but people want to go tell their friend and their mom or post about it when they've, when they've had a great experience and they feel taken care of. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Michelle, it's been so much fun talking. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media or perhaps um, check out your services if they are in your area? Yes, you can find me at um, Skincare by Michelle on TikTok or on Instagram, Skincare underscore by Michelle on Instagram. You can find my business through there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on. I had a blast talking to you and finally connecting with you. We'd love to have you back in the future, but thank you so much for your time and sharing all your expertise with us. Yes, it's been fun. Thank you.